You're listening to the Human Futurology Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Suzanne, where each episode we deep dive into all things numbers, stats and data, giving you a reliable insight into strategically planning and predicting for the future, mitigating risk in a world increasingly filled with unpredictability. Find more online at chrisandsuzannestyles.com. Well, can you believe we're actually going to be back on air eight years since our last podcast? It's been a while. It has been a while. It's wonderful to be hosting you here with us and just to kind of take a big step back. Eight years since we've had a podcast, 11 years since we started out our little journey on radio, and 12 years since Bob Proctor. Share with me what do you think yeah it's been one hell of an adventure i guess is the only way to put it um (laughs) tremendous highs tremendous lows uh if you were to look at a sinusoidal graph it were the the amplification of of the the peaks and the troughs would be absolutely enormous so it was certainly not a flat line um even though it might have felt like that at times um, but yeah, it, it, it was an incredible journey and a journey of real discovery and a, a journey that was spurred on through frustration and through just feeling that there had to be so much more. Well, you know, if you think about the frustration, you know, let's take it back to Bob Proctor. The frustration for us was that the South African audience wasn't ready for a kind of mass awakening of the necessity to embrace personal development and I mean personal development and not mass market development at the time and then the wonderful opportunity through becoming thinking into results facilitators to be able to work with Mix FM um, in Johannesburg and then having our own show on Mix FM for years which then opened the doors for us to become very aware of what the mass market personal development market was like. I mean, let's think about it. It's a billion dollar market 10 years ago in America was invested and spent. But certainly billions of dollars. It was definitely billions. I wouldn't be in the slightest bit surprised at billions of dollars. Billions of dollars um, spent on personal development every year across North America. And being with Mix, I think one of our greatest opportunities was meeting the wonderful Dr. John Martini. Yes, uh, he, he really is a master of his craft. <clears throat> the interviews we had with him were always incredible, tremendously intellectual. Um, as I say, he really is at the top of his game. Um, I see him as an apex player. And you know, if, if we rewind and we go back to Bob Proctor, gosh, those were hard learnings. But the program um, that came on the back of that thinking into results certainly proved to create a mindset shift and a paradigm shift. And if you will, spiked a real interest um, in uh, the world of personal development and coaching. Moving on from that to what happened in the South African landscape um, in the in the way of these international gurus, if you will, that flocked to South Africa to peddle their wares uh, and sell their programs from stage, 
Um, at the time, it really, really looked attractive. Uh, the, 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 the solutions that they were putting on the table seemed absolutely fantastic. They are very, very, very skilled in terms of selling from stage. They're very skilled in terms of working an audience. And the shock was many months later when actually through our radio show, we were chatting to people who we had seen at these conventions, if you will, and um, success summits and finding out from them that even though they'd invested massive amounts of money into these programs, they were really struggling to see the return on the investment. I think it was was even some of the winners of tickets from the show who really highlighted to us that this was not happening for them, this was not working for them. And, and to think about it, we know for a fact that on the first very first show that weekend mm. i mean 30 million was dropped 30 on, million rand yeah was yeah. dropped that weekend on these courses well you, you you're, you're dealing with people who wouldn't flinch um during a two or three day event to buy themselves programs to the value of 120 to 200,000 rand you know today's terms we're talking six to ten thousand pounds now that's quite a whack of money it is and especially if you're thinking about that we know that some people actually purchase these programs on debt using credit cards correct and and yeah. you know spending money they didn't have to make money they thought they were going to get well the very interesting thing is that when these artists were plying their craft from the stage they were saying you need to be fully invested and a lot of people we know or knew were very very fully invested um, they certainly whacked a good chunk of their credit card into these programs and it was very disconcerting six seven eight nine ten months down the line to see these people in a very frustrated space in terms of the fact that they'd bought the program they'd done exactly what the program had told them to do to the letter and they just had not seen the uptick now the reason i took this so seriously is because the people we were talking to were business people so they they had invested a lot of money into themselves by buying these programs and the reason i say they were business people they have a business and an entrepreneurial mindset so they understand the importance of getting bang for your buck of if you if you're buying something the fact that it's going to work for you and a couple of people a handful of people could show certain benefits but the majority of people that had bought these programs during these um, weekend events, which were very, very masterfully done and very well put on um, with all the necessary hype and motivation and euphoria and everything that goes with us. The majority of these people were not actually seeing any return on their investment. And that really bothered me because when you start a journey in the world of personal development, especially if you shell out quite a large sum of money 
you want to see a return on investment. Otherwise, you're going to actually start to look at this whole thing with a very jaundiced eye. And here I come to the likes of The Secret and a very, very, very controversial book by Rhonda Byrne, very, very questionable movie that was produced as well where it's basically just on the back of an abundance mindset, you can manifest anything you want. You can be, do, and have anything that you want to have, or be or do. And it's just like, that is utterly, utterly illogical. Um, and it's, it's really, if you will, this North American hype around this world of life coaching and success. And look at me, you know, look at me, here I am with my family at Disneyland. Look at the life we're leading with a perfect family, with this, with that. You too can have this life of tremendous abundance. And these, these um, uh, solutions for success and wealth um, and freedom, never forget the word freedom. It's a very powerful word that is used from stage, you know, this freedom that you can have. Um, just didn't arrive, and I um, that troubled me. Well, it didn't arrive for a lot of people, or for, or for the majority of people. I mean, we did see that there were some successes, but the problem was is that we had listeners that were approaching us saying, I'm so motivated, I'm driven, I'm focused, I'm putting in the work, I'm doing everything that I'm being told to do. And loving it, enjoying it, not not doing it off the back of a sense of lack or sense of punishment that if I don't do it, I won't be successful. I mean, some of some of these guys were absolutely top of the class students. You know, they were embracing the material, reading the books, doing more and even more. And they weren't seeing the returns, which was then in turn starting to make them feel a bit demotivated in terms of what are they doing wrong. Suzanne, you built and ran a very successful media business in the out-of-home industry. I worked in as, as an executive. I, I served on Exco level in one of uh, the divisions of one of South Africa's leading retail banks. Let's actually say it as it is here. If you and I had seen in business the level of return that actually we were seeing through these programs and these sellathons, there is no ways that you and I would have said this was a success story. No. You, know, you cannot just have a handful of people being successful when in actual fact the majority of people are not making it. And of course, when... When you push back at this world of life coaching, this North American model, and I, and I really push the fact that it is a North American model of wealth and abundance and, and all of the good things. You know, throw the American for, dream. Yeah, throw a Ferrari in as well. Um, when you start to push back on that, the very first thing that the coaches or the organization that you bought the program from say is you didn't do the work. Well, that's absolute rubbish. That's absolutely because we know a lot of people who did the work over and over and over and over again, but they did not get the results. And this, when, when you see this, and, and the only reason we saw this and experienced this was because of the radio show, because people recognized us. So because we were at these events, interviewing the speakers, talking to the crowd, getting sound bites, 
people recognized us and, and many months later, if, if they saw us, they'd say, oh, by the way, gosh, how are you? Yes, 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 had this program. And for a lot of them, this self-development ended up being shelf development, not because they hadn't done the work, but because it had just not delivered. Now, the thing is, I think this is, this is the discussion that absolutely needs to be happening in the world of personal development, in the world of coaching, in the world of life coaching, which is still very much dominated by America and the, the, the North American you know, way of thinking. Um, and I, I, I think it's, 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 uh, it's the difference between a mass solution, which is tailored to be able to sell very easily from stage to people um, through getting them into a pretty hyped up state where they easily part with their money, um, as opposed to a bespoke solution where you're dealing one-on-one -on -one with, the, with the individual. Now understand, when I'm uh, getting this view across, I, I am not knocking coaching. Coaching, when done properly, delivers tremendous benefits. Well, it does. I mean, it, 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 it delivers a massive benefit to the individual. And, you know, I'm of the mindset that you can coach to a small group of people and see a jump in results. But if anybody wants to really, you know, take that U-squared approach, absolutely leap off the mountain it's got to be tailor-made for them because you can't go to an event with 2,000 people and they talk about the fact that you know you are unique the thing I is, can't be unique with 2,000 people in the room the thing is every single human being it has a, is absolutely unique we know this we, we certainly that's do that's why we have fingerprints that's why we have biometrics we are absolutely iris unique. scans absolutely. so how on earth can a vanilla solution be absolutely perfect for everybody the vanilla solution which people are paying a lot of money for can only if you're looking at a 10-step pyramid of success the pinnacle of success being level 10 can maybe only get you from level one to level two level three at best because it creates certain shifts to be able to start the journey. But there's no ways that it can deliver no. the, 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 the results that are sold from stage. And this is why I personally now have a huge problem with these large events where people are corralled, corralled into um, you know, massive auditoriums or convention centers. Uh, I know this is not so much the case, I think, post-COVID. Um, but before COVID, BC, uh, it you know, was enormous. It was enormous. You were you were having two and a half, three, four thousand people. Um, and also, one of the things that astonished me is why did you have this flood of speakers and teachers and gurus into the country for literally about two years, two and a half years, and then after that, they just literally didn't want to come back. Well, it's almost as if they tapped the reserves. Well, and, I think that's exactly... And it was a small, you know, from the South African landscape and not so much from the UK landscape, obviously, because now that we're here, we can see that there's a far greater, 
you know, audience that has the buying power or has a bigger buying power, but South Africa didn't have that. But, you know, when you take into consideration that this was really what made us decide to take a massive step back. Well, I loved the time that we had on radio. Um, you know, we, we did incredible things. I'll forever be grateful to Mix FM you know, for the opportunity that was presented to us. Um, and not only did we learn a tremendous amount, but what we taught and the people we interviewed, that, that knowledge certainly passed a well, lot it, of good it, stuff on. It was. And if you think about the, you know, the fact that we had the opportunity to teach thinking into results live on air which was wonderful for businesses that didn't have the resources to buy into a thinking into results package i mean i I was reviewing um the pricing around thinking into results um yesterday and looking at that i mean it's it's nearly ten thousand dollars a person to be taken through the facilitation process. It's a lot of money when you don't have it. And it gave me a great deal of pleasure to do that. And just going back and looking in our archives, in the podcast, I mean, if you look at the fact that John Martini came in every time he came into South Africa, and he is one of the founding teachers who came into South Africa and still has a business in South Africa. Correct. I mean, he's been in the country, I think, 20 years now. Correct. Um, his institute. And he was giving his time and teaching concepts. And, you know, if I look at, faith the lessons around faith if i look at the fact that you know when we looked at the when the economy in the bubble burst and we interviewed him around every cloud has a silver lining you've got to look at the opportunities these were great interviews and great talks and but just finding out that so many people were feeling so left out out let down and left out well i think that is the point um and it was it was after this burst of gurus that landed in South Africa, sold up the storm, promised that they would be back. Oh, do I remember the one individual clearly who from stage promised he would be back over and over and over again and uh, never set foot in the country again. Um, And that just started to raise the alarm flag. Um, the uh, ring the alarm bells and raise the red flag around the fact that what exactly is going on here and on the back of this actually to be very honest with you I completely fell out of love with um, this with the way things were being done yeah the in, the industry side I, of it not, not not the work the actual no. The industry, because it was milking. You go back to the authentic works like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Um, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of the work that Bob Proctor did, brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Dr. Joseph Murphy. 100%. Fantastic, fantastic, uh, uh, you know, uh, books, As a Man Thinketh. Yes. Um, but... It just had, in my opinion, become too commercialized. It was all about the profit. It was not about the customer, even though that was touted as being the nature of the game. 
And um, when when I took a big step back, I said, ah, I I have no desire to be part of this game anymore. There are too many people out there who have invested heavily for f- what is far little return on investment, and this dog's not going to hunt. Well, it's also though is we we were all tarred with the same brush because then all forms of coaching were considered to be, you know, taking advantage. And, you know, you couldn't say that you were a coach because it was, well, what type of coach are you and how much did you spend and how many hours have you done? And, you know, what are you going to guarantee me and what are you going to charge me? Instead of just looking at the benefits, everybody was looking for the the El Dorado, the city of gold, you know, and, and wanting it within the next six weeks. Correct. Instead of, you know, realizing that it's not just a coaching course or six weeks of coaching. If you are going to be coached, these are mindset shifts and lessons that you need to repeat over and over again because every time you reach a certain level, to get to the next level, you have to work in the same way. And I think it also boils down to integrity. Uh, you know, there is nothing wrong with making an honest buck. Absolutely. And there is nothing wrong with building wealth and accruing wealth. Um, but there's a very different mindset between wealth and riches. Yes. And riches can sometimes err on the vulgar side. Yes. Because it's all about getting it really, really quickly, especially in the world that we live in now, which is a world of instant gratification, where I want it all and I want it now. Just show me the how. Yeah. Which is let's let's be frank, this is this is a real American mindset. It is. You know, I mean I want it all, I want, want it, it now, right you now. show me how. Um, as opposed to you know, the, 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 the fact that there is a progression. You begin here, you build on this. And one of the things that used to really tie me in knots was this authentic self. Yes. Oh, my word. You would go to seminar after seminar after seminar after seminar and somewhere woven into the seminar were these two buzzwords, authentic self. You know, connect with your authentic self. Become your authentic self. Everything flows from your authentic self. The truth is your authentic self. And because of the radio show, you and I were very fortunate enough to be able to get up close and personal with the speakers, these presenters, yeah. these gurus. The, the good, the bad and the ugly. Absolutely. And the thing that always amazed me is when I used to ask about this authentic self, because having had a father who was a mathematician and being very scientifically minded and scientifically trained and a research scientist myself, you know, for me, it's like, well, where's where's the detail? That's what I want. I, I want something tangible that I can grasp or, or, or chew on or get to grips with the, this authentic self and whenever the question was posed either by you or by me around this authentic self the response that came back would for me be terribly bland it would be just be quiet listen it will come to you so the, 
It was nebulous. It was invisible. And it just used to drive me insane because how am I going to discover this authentic self if I, I'm, I, I'm asking for help because I would like to understand more about my authentic self. And when I'm asking the person that's teaching about this authentic self and weaving this authentic self into the tapestry of what they are, are, are presenting in the way of a solution, it's a question of why, why can't you actually give me some nuts and bolts to begin to work with other than just you know, sit and be quiet and go and meditate and your authentic self will start to talk to you. So these for me started to become really big holes um, that, that both frustrated me and irritated me. I think part of what was the most frustrating in that time was a lot of the speakers couldn't actually give you even their own story. They were willing to share the fact that perhaps they'd lost everything and they applied a few principles and then they had everything again. Well, there has to be a sob story because on yeah. the back of a sob story... The sale know, the, 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 the comes. The, the, the story exactly. has, has to yeah. come. But the inability to share... Well, well, let's look at Chris Gardner, for example. He was a great um, interview to have on the show. Incredible. And in pursuit of happiness, mm. the film made of his life, mm. you know... Mm actually shows how he did it mm. this is what he did mm. yes he had the mm. change of mindset mm. he put in the work mm. and he was successful mm. but he put in the work and he was successful on the back of his authentic self and i'm going to call it his authentic self mm. now because i don't want to jump the gun mm. into you know what what it is that we have discovered and what it is that we have created but on the back of the frustration and falling out of love with the industry, it actually led to us taking a massive step back, moving out of the city, moving onto a farm and taking a little bit of time to reflect on what it is we, we wanted to learn about next. We'd learned a great deal. I mean, we had spent yes. a lot of time. We were very fortunate to go on quite a few of the programs um, that were for sale, mm. that were mm. marketed. Absolutely. And we had great experiences, learnt a lot um, from some really great teachers, mm. um, you know, in the digital world, the online world, working with Alex Mendozian. I loved Train the Trainer. Mm. I loved working with Blair Singer. I thought he was, was a fabulous mm. um, teacher in terms of presentation, training, keeping a room, getting attention, mm. even a small room, mm. all of those principles. But it was just time to understand how could we find out what it was that really made people tick. Yes, and... Given the fact that we had made the decision that we would not in any way associate ourselves with mass market. Yes. Mass marketing. Yes. Uh, mass market solutions. There you go. There's yet another tub of vanilla ice cream for you. Well, it's like Did the chocolate you? cake principle. Yeah. If I Google chocolate cake right now, 
I would or chocolate cake recipe, I'm probably going to get six or seven million recipes. Right. So the fact that we made that decision, we needed to take a big step back because neither you nor I knew what it was. No. But we knew that what we had experienced and what we had seen was absolutely not up to scratch. No. Yes, there were pockets of excellence, and let's always acknowledge that. But there were also some very serious pockets of toxicity. Mm, very dubious. And that really worried me. That worried me. In fact, it caused the hair on the back of my neck to stand up. Um, be, 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 because, you know, I just, I absolutely in every single way questioned the intent Getting on stage was purely to make money, and ruthlessly so. And if anybody benefited in the process, well, that was just, you know, oh, I'm really, really happy for you. But it was absolutely narcissistic. And so you and I actually just chucked it in. Um, you know, and it really boiled down to, the, the fact that m my life with having a father who was a mathematician and a physicist, um, you know, the way I'm wired, and we can talk about that a little bit later, but Einstein has always inspired me. And one of his most beautiful quotes is, look deep into nature and you will understand everything better. And... I think after the hysteria of everything and then actually the disappointment, um, realizing that there's a lot of this industry that seriously needs to be cleaned up. Um, when, we, when we jacked it in and decided that we were going to go back to entrepreneurial skills, you know, working with businesses, doing a bit of teaching, doing a bit of um, writing, etc., etc. Um, the best place for us to be was away from the city. Yeah. And that's why we ended, if you will, moving into, a, 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 it's not a rural part of South Africa, but a quieter part of South Africa. Um, and, you know, living on a farm. And there the search began. Neither you nor I had any idea what we were searching for. But we knew that we were searching for something different. Yes. Something that would allow us to engage with people again from the coaching and personal development and life success platform, but in a far more intelligent and far more proactive way and also one-on-one -on -one in a way that really, really made a difference. And we also wanted to create and design something that was utterly new. And something that was completely about the individual, which is not easy to create. Exactly. Something that is, when the relevant information is supplied, it is unique to you to the individual to you come to us and you sit down and you give us your story yeah. your history yeah. your information and the model 
that we then created gives you your authentic self and it gives you insights into your authentic self and that was something that we wanted to be able to do without you know coaching principles are coaching principles mindset principles are mindset principles but after you've done the the principles after you have embraced the principles and decided that the principles are going to be part of your way of life the what next is how does it apply to who I really am and I think the aha moment that started the breakthrough was when we started to think along the lines of a person being a unique blueprint not not authentic self yes because yeah the, That's the, the, the word. Because the moment you start thinking authentic self, because of everything that you've been exposed to, you, you you just drop back into that same type of mindset. And it was almost like we need to needed to jettison from our minds everything that we had learned, knew, understood around conscious self, and, and start to look for something which would bring a new perspective, a different level of creativity, a different... Um, uh, imagination, if you will, um, and something that would spark a new line of thought. And I can clearly remember that the word that came through was blueprint, because that's what that's what we started to think about. We started to think about a person as a unique blueprint that is that was sitting in front of us, and and that actually came from. Um, the chats that I had had with my dad, where my dad always used to say to me, you know, Chris, mathematics is the language of the universe. And if mathematics is the language of the universe, then surely everything in the universe, or that is a part of the universe, must be some form of mathematics. And it it was that that started to... Uh, trigger this line of thinking in, in terms of well you know when you when when you when you're looking at something you know what are you looking at and and then if you if 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 you start thinking about maths and how maths ties together and all that ultimately what maths is is, is almost giving you a blueprints well it was interesting because when when you mentioned that i mean i remember taking you to see richard higgins when you and I first got together. And, you know, a very, very knowledgeable gentleman, absolutely, you know, top-notch, but he is involved in what is considered a very esoteric activity, being numerology. Yes. And, but Richard was able to tell you things about yourself from very basic information around your date of birth which was absolutely spot on yes but it did have its limits yes and looking into numerology it was a great tool for us in our coaching Mm -hmm. and in when coaching groups to just be able to get an idea of who somebody was i will forever be grateful to Richard Higgins 
for who who's the co-author of the human pin, pin code. code yes i i will forever be grateful to him because he actually humbled me so the very first time i had a consult with him um being in the world of banking um being scientifically trained and i encountered this esoteric mix of numbers that he that 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 he began to work with i was i was actually incredibly cynical the the very first reaction that i had when i sat in front of him is you've got to be joking you know i've driven across the whole of johannesburg to come and listen to this and how wrong i was because whilst the numbers and what he was explaining and and the pictures he were pa- he was painting for me whilst they were what you could call bucket concepts what i saw when he was explaining things to me once i'd got over myself and actually stopped being rude because i think in the first 15 minutes i probably was quite rude because i really <laughs> thought this was the biggest load of hogwash i've ever encountered and uh, you know i i think i almost told him that to his face but when he suddenly described characteristics about me with and through the numbers although that was in broad brush strokes there was something that lit me up and created a level of intrigue i was w- what happened in that moment is the cynicism moved to skepticism yes i walked out of there and i thought well that's my first ever experience with numerology i am massively skeptical i still cannot really see how any of this has got any practical value in terms of day-to-day living yes it did help me a bit with you know personal awareness and this and this and this and this and you know maybe may maybe understanding if you will or starting to get a bit of an understanding of what a, what a blueprint might be um you know numbers wise maths wise whatever but what he had done bless him was so a seed yes and that seed germinated and as that seed began to grow so with it was the desire to take if you will numerology principles and build them into something which is far 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 more robust far more intelligent so take take the the intrigue and 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 the value that i'd seen on a numbers level because when you talk numbers it's amazing how people can understand things when you talk one people know what one is when you talk two three four they 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 can see it they know it they can connect with it and to take these numbers and to begin to see how this um numerical construct could be adapted changed manipulated advanced developed on using all the various other things that we'd learned along the way through um through through as i say a, a lot of the top quality teachers that had come 
come into our into our orbit. Well, I know that I was was looking for a birthday gift for you and looking for something that would uh, pique the interest around, or not even pique the interest, but but actually make some sense or assist you or make or, or help you to understand that it that it wasn't just. Um, esoteric people because because Richard is very spiritual and he's a shaman and there was a very esoteric context to Richard's work which was a difficult thing to convert into the kind of person that you would introduce to your dad you know the the logic and the physicist in your dad would not have been able to sit around the same fire as as the shaman in Richard because there was no it was intangible. The thing about my dad, and this is something that I am forever grateful, is even as a little boy, whenever I used to go to him and I used to talk to him about something, he always used to push it back and say to me, prove it. And that's the prove thing. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Show me, me the, the evidence. Exactly. And um, what I found is I, I found that the 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 journey that we had been on in terms of personal development coaching spirituality had lit had lit something inside of me but there was so much more and so little now evidence this, now this intangible needed to be made tangible now the esoteric needed to be turned into hard evidence now um, what was out there, the invisible, needed to be brought into the visible and quantified and qualified in a way that people could relate to. In other words, what had to happen is, if you will, the subconscious and the conscious and the superconscious, if you want to go there, um, needed to be locked and organized into something that had teeth. You know, if you take, for example, out there in nature, and again, going back to Einstein, look deep into nature and you'll be astonished at what you find because there you'll understand everything better. You know, if you take water, H2O, if you take two atoms of hydrogen, you take one atom of oxygen and you covalently bond them, what do you get? You get a molecule of water. And the thing is, no matter, as long as you do that over and over and over again, you will get a molecule of water. So this is science. It can be repeated and you will get the same result. Over and over again. Over and again. And being scientifically trained, um, the thing that really uh, uh, intrigued me when I, when I moved in this world of metaphysics and spirituality and all of that is, how do you take all of this woo-woo, all of this fluff? Because let's be honest, that's what most people will actually call it. Mm. Even though we're in the year 2023, you know, if you walk into a corporate or you walk into a business or whatever, and yeah, that's really great. That's so interesting. Oh, we thoroughly enjoyed the session. And, you know, we're, we're a bit more awake. We're a bit more aware. But the moment they go off to the coffee machine, they'll call it fluff and woo-woo and all of that. Absolutely. That's just how it is. So... The only way that a, that a serious transition is going to be made around SQ. Now, remember, we've already dealt IQ. Yes. That's done and dusted. 
An EQ has been dealt, done and dusted. But SQ, which is the spiritual quotient, is still way out there. Absolutely. And, you know, finding... Managing to find you a book by somebody who's got some street creds in terms of yep. uh, the world of logic and the world of numbers and the world of mathematics was Finding the Numbers of Life by Kevin Quinn Avery because he was a Princeton mathematician. Yeah, I, I think, look, I speak under correction, but I do believe that he completed his master's in mathematics through Princeton, which is an Ivy League university. And... Um, Look, when I read his book, I, it just lit me up like a Christmas tree. Um, and then, as you well know, because you were part and parcel of the well, journey. I lost you for about 10 um, months, for, I think. For, for, for 10 months, <laughs> every night after work, when we, when we had returned from the restaurant, um, and sometimes stealing an hour or two at the restaurant when things were quiet, I set about analyzing his book and dissecting his book page by page, line by line, data set by data set, number by number, until finally I was able to build every single thing that he had listed in that book. And I understood exactly how he had come to build these and get the number charts or graphs or or you know how he had arrived at a certain outcome um, and that really if you will Suzanne was um, the thin end of the wedge in terms of um, us having paid the price you know uh, we, we could have gone back to corporate jobs, which would then have basically just swallowed both of us up. Oh, absolutely. Um, because, the, because then you just, that's it, you, you know, you, you, you honestly don't have a life. I mean, as much as they would love to say you have a life and find work-life balance, it doesn't work that way. The moment you get into a really senior role in a corporate, that's it. There, there is, there is no life, work-life balance. I think it's almost impossible to achieve. Um, you, you know, you, you are very, very much dedicated to your company and what it is that you do. And had we not gone and, you know, worked in a restaurant, um, helped grow, etc., etc., a, a country boutique-style restaurant and guest house, um, and actually in the process taken a massive financial hit, um, in order to be able to have some time to ourselves to, to, to try and find something. Um, if we hadn't made those sacrifices, we would have never got to the point where through the analytics that I did, you and I began to crack what we now call the human intelligent mathematical blueprint. Well, it's quite interesting, you know, just, just going back to the sacrifice. I mean, that period of time... Um we worked with some pretty special people, and I, I think you kind of have to remember the the amazing work we did in the procurement field. Yep. I mean, we we worked with two individuals there who both got major industry awards as a result of the 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 work that we helped them do on themselves. Absolutely, and, you know that and, and that was a, a great time. It's it's something that uh, you know we're we're very proud of. Um, there's no way that 
um, you know, neither you or I can ever profess to be a procurement expert. No. But what we, but what we are is we are in smart enough to rapidly understand the major concepts of procurement, mm. and then to drill down into the greater detail. Um, you know, like well, category that, management, strategic that's your job, sourcing, not me. all of those things. <laughs> Um, and then to begin to look at it through a completely fresh set of eyes and say, well, you know, given what we know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, what about if you started to look at the world of procurement through these set of lenses? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the training we did for Standard Bank yep. were, was an inc incredible um, training program that, that we put together for a, a procurement company. And if you think about it, I mean, at that same time, uh, we ghostwrote 10 books. Yeah, it was about, uh, look, I think it was somewhere between 10 and 13. I honestly cannot off the top of my head uh, remember them. But um, one, of the, one of the things that it does help is if you have um, written a book um, and it it doesn't necessarily have to be a bestseller. It just shows intent. And especially if the book is well written, if it is simple, if it lays out um, important concepts in simple playing language and gives some really simple and clever and intelligent solutions as to how to deal with everyday problems, your, your, your little book um, is gold. Absolutely, and, and it help. Not only does it help to brand you, but also in the in the minds of others, it begins to position you as an authority in your field. Yes, and this is what this is what we did. Um, is we helped people to brand themselves within their field in a different way, uh, and we did it very successfully through helping them to write a book. And you know, doing that was was a different level of coaching, and it just gave a, you know different sort of um, a different mindset or a different outlook is is what I'm looking at. It's, it's a different side of business, so it bec you become very well rounded in in helping you to understand that there's so much more to you than just the business that you have, just being. Um, you know, a person working inside your business, your expertise is greater than what's written on the piece of paper. Correct. And also, because the people who we were working with um, were actually at the top of their game, they had a lot of knowledge, they had a lot of practical experience, and they actually really knew how to troubleshoot under high-pressure conditions. And when they took this knowledge, this vast reservoir of knowledge that they had and condensed it into a couple of really powerful nuggets and, and, and wrote a, um, a book about it, um, and I'm not talking about a massive book, you know, hundreds of pages, a textbook or whatever. I'm talking about just a, a simple, easy-to-read book, 150, 180 pages. You know, someone would pick that book up. They'd read it in an hour and a half. And it would be like, oh, my word, if only I'd known this. If only I had known this. And the moment you or they created that, if only in another person's mind, they had won that person's headspace in terms of the fact that I know what I'm doing, therefore I'm an industry expert. And that's what gives you the edge. 
of course over, over the next person who's in the same industry as yourself. Of course it does. Yeah. Now, if you think about working um, with those clients, they were probably some of the first test cases for the numerical blueprint because they, knowing us and having worked with us, were curious enough to let themselves be guinea pigs absolutely and and you know we must or i must stress that at that stage the blueprint really was in its infant stages in terms of research um yeah it had taken me 10 months working non-stop every single night probably six hours a night um to get to a point where i had built a one di a model that had a dimension to it that could start to look for numerical sequences that that given how I think and understand numbers would help me begin to make intelligence of a person's journey and also begin to interrogate whether or not a person had an intelligent mathematical blueprint whether this actually did exist or whether I was just, you know, having a complete away with the fairies moment. Um, and as you well know, this was on the back of the desire to ultimately be able to, should a breakthrough happen, create a um, large enough body of research that it can be formally written up for a PhD through a leading academic institution one day. Anyway, uh, to cut a long story short, the model that um, I had built was accurate and really accurate. But, but when I tested it th through, a, through a, probably a hundred um, case studies, um, some of the case studies being these clients, I realized that it was accurate, but it was lacking laser accuracy. There was something that was missing. Um, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. The the lines of the the, the, the the way the numbers stacked up was brilliant. I could see patterns, I could see trends, I could see the the, the numerical cocktail um, aligning very positively with times in their life. Um, you know, times of struggle, times of success, um, times of change, all of these things. I, I could see it was it was absolutely there. It was this um, the outputs of the model were were hot and it was exciting, but there was something missing. It just wasn't accurate enough. And I know this because I'm a trained scientist. You know, I, I mean, having done a master's degree and then, look, I, I, I started a PhD um, in um, ecological research. I never completed it because of a whole bunch of factors, um, you know, mostly family. But be that as it may, I know how to collect, test and analyze data and know whether you're, whether you're really getting robust stuff or not. And I was getting robust stuff, but I wasn't getting mind-blowing stuff. Well, I think I, I get to sort of blow my own trumpet just yes, a tiny do. little bit here. Because I seem to recall it was the year that Roger Federer was going to break the record for Wimbledon victories. And looking at the number sequences, you were pretty convinced 
that this was going to be a very successful year for him. And he was one of the very first kind of uh, celebrity people that you had a look at. And after he didn't win it, you were quite sort of miffed at the fact that it hadn't worked out and you couldn't understand why it hadn't. And that was when I sort of had my little brainwave and said, well, you know, there's two things for me. First of all, there is always free will. Yeah. And what do you choose and how do you choose to respond to what's in your life at the moment and what life throws at you. And of course, there is always as above, so below. And that was a sort of initial ding-ding moment for you to think Mm. you've got to look at what the numbers are underneath. Well, it really was a moment of genius from you, and I, I don't say that lightly. Uh, because um, I I remember building the charts of Nelson Mandela and uh, because his life is so very, very well documented, you can literally go and pick up what happened year by year by year by year by year. And so when I crafted his intelligent mathematical blueprint, as it was back then, which is, my goodness me, (laughs) Literally like uh, MS DOS compared to <laughs> to Windows and to, but, and to iOS. But uh, you know, you now, um, I I could see that there were there were very 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 strong connections within the data sets that I was generating, but it wasn't accurate. And you're quite right about Roger Federer. His numbers were golden; they were looking good, but he didn't win that year. And I was really just trying to you know piece it together. Um, And this is how it happens. You know, what people don't understand is the word research. You just break it up into its two words, re and search. You are working and working and working and working, and then you get a result. And that result is exciting and it's thrilling, but it's just you know that there's something missing in that result. So what do you have to do? You've got to go and do more research. You've got to go and search through everything to try and look for tweaks. It's, you know, it's literally like being a pilot flying a plane. Now you're trimming the wings. Yeah, this is how you, you, you get that. And when you suggested that there were multiple dimensions to this model through looking at Um, not only the conscious but the subconscious or if you will especially if you're into Freudian um, psychology uh, you know the physical and the shadow Shadow, um, the lights went on and um, because I had built a very detailed model I immediately set about changing it and building in a new dimension and the moment that dimension was mapped it was like wow but i think what is critically important here is for people listening to this podcast understand the amount of time you know to just to 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 build this model wasn't just overnight to then take this model tweak it to then add a new dimension this is this is not just hours or days of work 
Now this you know, is this years. Is months and months and months of work, which really you know, now we we're talking the year 2023. You know, the, the model now is in such an advanced state that I'm actually busy with uh, bu busy with a model that has literally, if you will, got 10D. Um, you know, or, or 10, 10 dimensions that I, that I can kind of look at simultaneously. You know, back, we're, we're, we're talking 2016, 2017 now. You know, I was, I was dealing with one and then adding on the second one. And when I added on that second one on the back of that moment of brilliance that you had, everything just started to light up like a Christmas tree. And it was like, whoa. There was the stream of electricity and suddenly what I've done is changed the 8 watt bulb for a 50 watt bulb. Suddenly there was so much more light to work with in, on an individual basis in terms of intelligence. And this is what really lit me up and I, when I realized there is absolutely no doubt whatsoever that we are, if you will, a grand organized design or that we have an intelligent mathematical blueprint. But when you take us on an individual level and you run the critical data points through this model, outcomes of series of numbers or, or lines, or sequences, number patterns, codes, which when read correctly, there is no doubt that they are accurately revealing your life's journey. Well, it's really interesting if you think about it. It's six years of research now you've you've done because I just checked in the book now and I bought um, Kevin Avery's book for you in 2017. Yeah, so it's six years. For your years. birthday. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's yeah. six yeah. full years yeah. of research. Yeah. And there isn't... Thousands and thousands, thousands and, and thousands and thousands of hours. And charts yeah. and, and, and researching them. And... If we look at the beginning of 2018, we launched 365 PIN code as yes. the research site. Yes. And there are just hundreds and hundreds of articles, um, case studies, some way more in-depth than others. I mean, you've got the amazing case studies of all the Apple CEOs, particularly Steve Jobs. Absolutely. And it's very, it's very clear. There, there's, there's, he had an absolutely unique line of code the year that his cancer presented, um, which I found really, really fascinating. A, a completely unique line of code. But this is what popped up over and over and over again was that was that very significant events in our lives are not random. We would love to think of our life as being completely random. It's not. Um, and you know, it's it, it's it's when you when you look at these data sets and you understand them and you interpret them, you suddenly begin you you get such an incredible understanding of the past you look at the past now through a completely different set of eyes you know coaches um, talk about having to deal with your past and, and getting over certain hurdles and paradigms, paradigms and all of this but you know there's there is nothing more astonishing than looking at your past through a set of numbers and actually saying oh my word there it is there's this event. There's that event. There's there's this. There's the there's there's the the, the 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 divorce. There's my parents' divorce. 
there's this, there's that traumatic event, there's that success. My marriage, the, birth of my, my children. The birth of my children, the divorce. You know, the, 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 thing, the, the thing that really, really blew my mind um, was, a, was a female client coming to us. And you know, she'd had um, tremendous trauma um, early on in life because at school she'd fallen pregnant. And of course, there was the shock and the scandal of all of this, you know, falling pregnant out of wedlock and, and everything. And yet when you go back and you analyzed her numbers, there clear as a bell was her falling pregnant, the pregnancy. So, you know, you, you suddenly look at it and you think about how her life was torn to pieces um, through friends, through family, through the church, etc., etc. Because it's like, how could you do this? You know, how could you bring such shame on your family? How could you do you know such an ungodly thing? But there it is in her numbers. There's 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 the pregnancy. So so hold on a moment. Who's got it all wrong here? Well, you know, before we sort of even look at it as as what we've developed the model to be or to be used for. Let's think about, you know, last year and and having a, a uh, well, shock or not so shock diagnosis, um, certainly not for me because ever since we've met, I've told you that I was pretty sure that you um, had Asperger's syndrome and, you know, there were so many telltale signs and last year you actually took the the steps to um, connect with Elaine Nicholson yeah. and actually have the diagnosis done and also um, go through and, and, and have it professionally done on a clinical level. Correct. And, you know, it, it shows a lot of insight. Well, basically what I was diagnosed with is Asperger's and high-functioning autism. Um, I score very, very high on the autistic spectrum. Uh, in fact, I pretty much blow the rings out of the test, um, but I function at a very, very high level. Um, I don't know whether that just makes me super fortunate. I guess it would also explain why my corporate career kind of went up in smoke when I got to exco level, because I guess um, maybe I wasn't you know, a, an A player in terms of kissing backsides and, you know, brown nosing and doing all well, of those things. Maybe, maybe I was just far, I think that's called, far too direct. I think that's called corporate politics yes. and playing, playing the but corporate anyway, game. But anyway, as it may, um, what, what was revealed is that I definitely see the world through a completely different set of lenses. And I guess knowing that I now have this, and I'm going to say in inverted, con inverted commas, condition, <laughs> because I actually don't see it as a condition. I see it as a, as a gift, um, because there is no doubt, in, no doubt that numbers speak to me. Numbers speak to me on a completely different level. I can see things with and through numbers, number patterns, number congruencies, antagonistic numbers, numbers that, that, that just naturally hang well together. I can see this, other people can't. Um, but when I explain it to them, then they can see it, then they can understand it. Then it's like, all oh, right, I, I, I get it, I really get it. And then they realize that I'm, I'm, I'm not talking hogwash when I say that we absolutely have an intelligent mathematical blueprint. So this takes me to the next step because how are we going to make 
money out of the research and how are we going to use the research to help people get results in their own lives or, or understand when the numbers were aligning with their goals and with their desires. And when I say aligning with their goals and desires, and it sort of just takes it back down to these mass sellathons, mm. if you are in the wrong season, you are not going to get results if you are sowing your seeds in the summer and hoping to reap your rewards in the winter yep. or the other way around you know thinking that you are sowing seeds but you're sowing them into hard ground because your number sequence is actually antagonistic and not to your working to your own advantage and something that i thought was interesting was the south african or sorry the rugby world cup 2019 and we were still living in South Africa then so we were obviously very much behind the spring box and wondering if they were going to be able to perform in Japan and I know that I set you a little challenge to do a bit of research and tell me if the box well, were going to win. It wasn't a little challenge it was a <laughs> massive amount of work um, because you you actually said you said to me I challenge you to tell me who's going to win the Rugby World Cup <laughs> and I challenge you to do so through modeling the intelligent mathematical blueprint of the coach and captain of the top eight sides and the host country, Japan. Well, when we'd seen exactly what was happening with Japanese rugby, I really felt that you couldn't leave them out. And it had to be done with the two most influential players because there's no <coughs> ways you can model the entire squad. Of course. But the two most influential people in the team... The captain and the coach. It's the head coach. The head coach yeah. and it's the captain. So what I did is I, I, I set about doing this. Um, and on 365pincode.com, I published a number of in-depth research articles explaining how I came to the conclusions that I that I had come to. And we published these prior to the beginning. During, this was all during the pool games. This, so, well, so in fact, some of it was even prior yeah, to the, the pool yeah. games, but obviously looking at the the semis and the final when the teams got through, I Correct. mean, I then challenged you to really, you know, make a commitment. <laughs> Correct. Well, the, the, um, the modelling work that I did um, was absolutely fascinating. Uh, it, it showed that uh, I can clearly remember that Australia, the captain and the coach, did not have great numbers at all. Um, the captain and the coach of Wales had, had really, really good numbers. The captain and the coach of England had fabulous numbers. Um, the captain and the coach of New Zealand, there were a couple of questionable number sequences there which caused me early on to in the World Cup to say that New Zealand would not win and of course that went against the grain because everybody thought they were unbeatable and they got knocked out in fact they got hammered by England in the knockout game but the incredible thing 
was that even before the knockout games had begun, I said that the final would be contested between South Africa and England and that South Africa would win the 2019 World Cup because there was something absolutely unique in the intelligent mathematical blueprint of Rossi Erasmus, the Springbok head coach, Johanna Erasmus, as, as he's um, also known. So um, it was there. It was absolutely there. There were, there, were, there were coaches and players who had good number sequences. But Rossi Erasmus's 2019 had a line of numerical code that stood out like a sore thumb. And the interesting thing is that when I then went back and retraced the win by Jake White, the win by Kitch Christie, I suddenly saw something that was like, wow, 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 wow. The Bucks are going to do it again. And of course, South Africa lost their opening game to New Zealand. It is, and it makes, made them the first team to lift the Webb Ellis Trophy that had lost a match during the World Cup. Correct, um, but it was all there. And, and matches. As, as the World Cup developed, and, and I kept on saying South Africa are going to win this World Cup, not a chance, not a chance, not a chance, and that is exactly what happened. That, I believe, was a very complex piece of work that revealed clearly uh, that the research and the intelligence that I've put together is exceptionally robust and strategic and practical. Um, now, as I say, within our website, 365 PIN Code, there's actually a heading called the PIN Code. And within that PIN Code, you'll find all these various research articles that I've published. Now, along the line, obviously, I look at a data set. And I'll look at a data set and I'll make an interpretation. And so along, somewhere along the line, I've, certain, I've also got things wrong. Yes. Yeah, you know, I've got predictions wrong, etc., etc. There's nothing wrong with that because that's how you learn. If you get something wrong, you go back to the drawing board. It's research. What did I see? What did I miss? Yeah, it's it. And then, then you start to make connections. Of, oh, wow. Yes, gosh. If only I'd seen this. If only I'd seen that. But, the, but the, the thing is, what this proved is that the number, the model that I have developed around quantifying and qualifying a person's intelligent mathematical blueprint is laser accurate. What is improving is my understanding and interpretation of the number patterns and the data sequences within that model. And remember, and I have to stress, at this moment in time, to the best of my knowledge, I am the only person in the world doing this work. Yeah, so you haven't got you haven't got somebody else to, to leverage off saying, you know, I didn't quite get this right. And let's take it back. I mean, the brilliance of the model. Yeah is predominantly over the entire theme of a year. Correct. And when you've made predictions, which is really putting it out there and, and making a commitment, those predictions are made on a particular event or date within that year. So it's not always, you know, you're interpreting it and saying, right, I'm going to 
really put my my head on the block here and i'm going to say xyz and and you could be wrong and as you say you you've gone back to look at it but what this really does in the model is it allows you to mitigate certain risks and when we use the word risks it's you know corporates will spend thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands of pounds on risk analysis on a financial level but they never look at the greatest risk in their business is the human side of business and looking at how to mitigate the risk and this is not about you know ooh, this person's going to have a bad year I'm going to get rid of them it's this that if you are looking at a year and you are wanting to make big decisions in this year based on a top performer let's look at Marcus Uester who was a top performer for years mm. and then kind of went off the rails mm. and brought down a massive corporate mm. Um, and the research shows Steinoff, Steinoff and the mm. research shows that that was going to happen. Well, you could actually see the train smashing his numbers. And what is really interesting is now that I absolutely have an intelligent mathematical blueprint uh, model that can be mapped. You know, just think about what this does, not only just in terms of understanding the risk around your top executives, but also in terms of unlocking human potential. Yes. Uh, you know, every, every single business out there is looking to understand more about their people, understand more. How do I, you know, unlock this? The, 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 thing, the thing for me that is really wonderful about this model is it brings the seasonality of life into play. Yes. You can see summer. You can see winter. You, know, you can see autumn. You can see spring. You can see the cycles that a person's life goes through. And you can now then begin to adapt accordingly uh, and have uh, expectations that then start to go with this. And these are personal is, expectations. Which it's is, not just a corporate. Exactly, which is you totally can map yourself. from something like The Secret, you know, where basically it's just bubblegum. Well, yeah, everything, um, it's, all, it's always summer, isn't just it? Fine. You, just, you just sit there and, you know, you have this feeling of abundance washing through you. And the next moment, hey, presto, there's a Ferrari or hey, presto, there's your dream house. I mean, that's garbage. It's absolute, absolute garbage. Because the one thing the secret does not talk about, and I, I wrote a very, very scathing article on this, which I published in 365 Pincode, is the importance of work, effort, hard work. You don't just sit there with a feeling of abundance and everything just pops out of thin air. No, and it makes you, it, 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 to me, it just once again begs and, and bows down to the, the entitlement area, the instant gratification. I wanted all I wanted now, show me how. And show me how. And that is why people are stripped of their money by the by the charlatans that exist within this world of life coaching personal development and scammers that's it and scammers in general yeah and it's a hard lesson but the thing is that they they want it all they want it now and they're not prepared to do the work but the thing here the really interesting thing here is that not only does the data matrix the way it is now presented once the modeling work has been done 
allow a person to make tremendous sense of their life in the past. It also allows them to make tremendous sense of their life in the present. And it, it allows them to start to look into the future with a completely different set of intelligence. So let's, let's take, for example, someone that you and I know. She has actually been a client of ours. Very, very, very hardworking, very disciplined, um, and actually, by all accounts, uh, is, is now training up to be a real tax specialist with, with, in South Africa. Yet she went through an absolutely dreadful, dreadful time in her life. And at one stage came to us and said, I just cannot believe what's going on. You know, I'm not stupid. I've got this, 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 this. Why is everything that I'm touching literally going up in smoke? What on earth is going on? And when I modeled her life path, the way the numerical data sequence popped up was that she was in winter, deep winter, if you will, which is a difficult, hard, struggle time of her life. It was one number sequence that was dominating her life from 2010 through to and including 2021. And suddenly the lights went on. And when we explained this to her and she realized, oh my goodness gracious me, what happened is it's not like she can actually change the nature of the experience that she is going to go through, but she can change how she interacts with this. And how it impacts on her because when you feel Correct. for so long that you are just not succeeding, this is when your self-confidence is completely eroded. Exactly. Your self-belief, your every part of you just thinks that you're a complete failure. Well, it's like a great white shark attack. And you just feel that you, you can't do this. Now, we've probably gone over um, time by quite a lot. We thought this was going to be a short podcast. Well, it is an a little, opening podcast. So. <laughs> a little bit of a, an, an introduction. And if you want to read some of Chris's research articles, pop on over to 365pincode.com. Suzanne, also, uh, my Twitter handle is Chris underscore Styles 1919. Uh, and um, all the research that I'm doing all the time, I tweet. Um, so anybody who's interested in actually looking at evidence that I'm putting out on a regular basis around celebrities, politicians, why this is happening, why that is happening, uh, you know, um, why this is such a pivotal year for Putin, Zelensky, the whole lot, what is what is going on, etc., etc. Um, you know, they just have to basically um, look at my tweets, and there they'll be able to see the charts and a and a supporting narrative. And there they can really begin to connect with the fact that this is not random. Um, you know, what is happening is most definitely happening according to a grand organized design. Uh, and uh, that in itself is massively enlightening. You're listening to the Human Futurology Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Suzanne where each episode we deep dive into all things numbers, stats and data. Join us again next week for more tips and tricks on how to strategically plan and predict for the future. 
Find more online at Chris and Suzanne